Hey, you guys, what's going on? This is Joseph Bonner, and welcome to another episode of Inspiration News. Now, I don't know if you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching this on our Joseph Bonner Network television station, but we appreciate you being here, and we have a very special guest. We have Latrell Duncan. She is a author, motivational keynote speaker. She is an inspiration. She is doing some amazing things out there in the world, fighting against bullying, speaking about domestic violence and advocating there, and also encouraging children to pursue careers in STEM. Welcome, Latrell. How are you doing today? Hi, how are you today, Mr. Bonner? Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you on today's show because I feel like you're doing so many amazing things and I'm really excited to actually talk about them as we kind of progress. So um, thank you for being on today's show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Now, I also know, and this is just kind of a sneak peek, you have a, a magazine interview cover feature coming up pretty soon as well. So you're the real deal here. Yes. yes. <laughs> we are blessed to have you on the show. So let's let's jump right in. Because I, I first thing I said is you're an author and and I, and you're fighting against bullying, and I think in a very special way with this new book that you have, a child a child flower or a child flower. Can you, what is the name of the book? Give me the exact name. Uh, the name of the book is A Child's Flower. And in this book, A Child's Flower, tell us exactly what that means and, and how you envision this book to help fight bull. Um, Actually, I wrote this book because I had an experience of a family coming to my program that was from a different culture and was having those experiences at another location. Um, so I wanted to write the book to bring an awareness to children that come from different cultures or that's in the culture that we're in. Let them know that bullying is not acceptable. And right. I wanted to educate the readers, engage them, and empower them. Now, I have another question because I feel like so many times people will try to, um, you know, pass the blame uh, when a child is being victimized by bullying. But what I like about your book is that you actually explore an avenue where a child can stand up for another child and make a difference by being positive. So I guess my question to you is this, is um, working in education, how often do you see children standing up for other children who are being bullied? Is that a common thing that you said you say you see, or is it something that you would definitely say you, you, would, you would like to see more? Uh, I would like to see more of that done. Uh, I witnessed it uh, in my facility, seeing a child, um, just showing love and care to children that come from different cultures and are afraid to basically uh, be themselves just because of the experiences that they have uh, went through or uh, traumatic experiences in another location, um, just welcoming them into the facility to let them know that we care, we love them, they are valuable. Um, those are the types of 
techniques and skills that we express to the children to show um, sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. And when you show uh, that you care, that's nothing but love. And uh, we want to embrace that around children and children from different cultures. We don't want them to feel that they are not wanted or they are not loved when they come to the United States. Yeah, and I love the book concept because it's like really, it doesn't really take a lot to to make someone feel welcome. It could be something that's a simple expression like a smile or even something as simple as a flower. So I think your book does a fantastic job of sharing just how easy and how simple an act of kindness can go a long way when standing up for children who are being bullied. So thank you so much for that. So uh, a, a child's flower, where can we pick up a copy of this book at? You can go to the website, uh, pushlalapress.com. You can go to Amazon and eBay and soon to be coming on Ingram Spark uh, in Lakeshore. Wonderful. And you can also access um, a copy or not a copy. You can access a link to purchase the book from this show as well. So if you just look in the description of the show, you'll be able to see that link there. So that's fantastic. But we're not there with you because we know you're doing some other amazing things as well. So I'd like to kind of pivot this conversation and talk a little bit about STEM. Now you run Push Academy and through your academy, you're also helping to really foster you know, a network of children who pursue careers in STEM. So can you tell us a little bit about Push Academy and what you're doing there? Well, actually, um, I have a daycare in Ward 7, Promoting Love and Wisdom Home Child Care. And it's for ages six weeks to 12 years of age. And one summer, I had the families in my program looking for uh, a program for their older children. And uh, they didn't have any activities to place the children. So the next summer, I created the STEM program, which we call Push Academy. So it was Push Academy Summer Camp. And I offered that services to the older children that was from four years of age to 12 years of age in the program. And it was so successful. We partnership with Microsoft and the Washington Mystics. And it allowed the children to go to the Microsoft store in Pentagon City where they taught entrepreneurship. They taught them uh, digital art, coding, and Kadoo. And uh, the Washington Mystics allowed the children um, to learn the basic skills of basketball. And they allowed them to create STEM projects and present before their games and at halftime. So um, we did some amazing things um, with the STEM program. Children were able to heal and thrive uh, through traumatic experiences, through um, their different environments, uh, whether it was gun violence or bullying, um, they were able to use those concepts into positive uh, measures. Fantastic. I love the fact that you're actually helping children not only just, um, you know, cope with perhaps, you know, community and and environmental issues that they all face, um, no matter where they live, but I love the fact that you're also helping them by giving them, you know, 
career goals to pursue, especially with in regards to STEM. You know, I feel like, and, and, and let's just be honest, you know, STEM is just not one of those areas where a lot of under city youths, um, you know, say, hey, wake up and say, one day, this is what I'm gonna do. So to see someone like, like yourself, who has a direct impact in these children's lives, encouraging them to pursue careers that perhaps maybe they wouldn't have dreamed of before unless coming Absolutely. to your academy. So thank you so much for doing that. Now, how can we learn more about Push Academy and, and its program? Um, we have a website and it's uh, pushingstem.weebly.com. And we are in the process of moving into our second space. We are enrolling children ages three to 12 we actually was nominated as a finalist for the Washington Parent Magazine for our STEM program. So we want you to check us out on our website, pushingstem.weebly.com. I love that. I love that. And you deserve that support. And what a wonderful academy. And I, and I, and I wish that nothing but great success. And definitely you. an advocate for our children. So thank you for that. <laughs> yes. We're about to embark on a, a, a much different discussion now. Um, so Latrell Duncan, again, as an author, an educator, and a community leader, I know that you have been here in the forefront of you know, COVID-19, especially knowing that as an educator, you're, you still have a responsibility to educate and take care of the young people um, that, you know, that's, that are under your, your, your care provider services. Um, how has you know, the COVID-19 and everybody kind of coming back to school and coming back to programs, how has this impacted the child care system and really more directly um, child care providers? Um, the pandemic has been uh, a tremendous impact on the providers and the families in all over the world, not just in our community, but um, we are faced with a lot of uh, struggles as far as funding and just uh, the concepts of the new guidelines under the CDC. We um, can only have 10 uh, total at one given time in the facility and that includes the children and the staff. Um, there's a process that has to take place. Um, we must have the children temperatures taken. Uh, there's uh, documentation that has to be recorded uh, as far as like questioning the parents if the child had any symptoms of uh, COVID or have they been around someone that experienced COVID or tested positive. Um, and at the time that they're dropping off the parents are not allowed to come in the facility. We must um, have this process done outside before we can accept the children into the facility. Wow. I can I can personally imagine just the impact that that must have um, in regards to just even just the childcare providers. Like I used to work in education before I, I I got into entertainment, and I worked at a child development center for about a good uh, two years. And, I, and at that child's development center, I worked with every age. I say probably, probably the hardest age that I worked with was the three-year-old. Um, <laughs> I remember this one experience I had with a three-year-old. And, and then I'm going to pivot to my question. We were, <laughs> we were trying, he was just, he was a handful to say the least. <laughs> he didn't like listening. And 
you know, we were trying to get him to sit down, come back to the table, and then he didn't want to come. So then I was my job to go, you know, bring him back, and he didn't want to listen to me. And then it was just me and this three-year-old, and 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 I love kids, and kids are for me the kids are easy to do it, but this one, no, he had a water bottle, and he was like trying to spray me with it. And for some reason, I don't know why, like I just didn't think, just grab the water bottle out of his hand and take him by the hand and walk him over. This is me over here in the child. I'm all going back and forth with the kid trying to dodge the water. And it is so funny because the other teacher is looking at me like, Mr. Bonner, what is wrong with you? Just go grab the water bottle. And I'm really having a, like, just a horrible time here. And, and I say that to say this, like, you know, it is already a challenge um, in child care and child development to add all these dynamics. And I feel like it's definitely more stressful probably for the educators and probably more stressful for now the children, because I think even at this point, if I'm not mistaken, I think they've even taken away nap time, if I'm not mistaken. And so, uh, and so well, we still have nap time, but uh, we had to actually purchase uh, shields. Uh, it's like uh, a shield that sits in between the carts, um, and that's to prevent the spread of COVID. So there was a lot of things that had to take place um, that we had to purchase um, items to make sure that we prevent the spread of COVID. And that was just making sure we had shields, not only in between the beds, but on the tables that they sit at. Um, We had to put uh, uh, plastic, you know, like a shield to uh, in between each child. Um, We had to put uh, sanitizer stations in the facility. Um, My brother actually created a booth for me um, that's on wheels that had a shield to actually box me in. So um, it it covered my whole body. And um, I'm just, I was just so thankful that he created that um, because it, it, it prevented the spread of me just being in contact um, as not only the parents and families coming in, but if you have like vendors and different people bringing packages and stuff like that, um, it, it helped. But to go back to your question, um, providers wear a lot of hats. Um, as a business owner, we, you know, we have to, uh, be the dishwasher, the counselor, the teacher, um, the cook. And now that uh, we are faced with a lot of uh, guidelines, it's even more uh, stressful for us to make sure that we are providing the best high quality service to our children and ourselves, because we have families too that we have to make sure that we're doing the um, 110% of service um, and protecting ourselves. Um, you know, now we, we are not allowed to let the, the parents come in, um, but just the process alone that it takes about 15 to 30 minutes in the mornings just with one family, making sure that 
their temperatures are taken, making sure that they're filling out the paperwork properly. And sometimes it's very stressful on the parents because if they're running late for work that morning and they have to go through that process, sometimes it can be very stressful on them. And uh, they may get frustrated and, you know, um, just very uh, stressful for them just starting their day out. So yeah, it sounds like right now, especially considering where we're at, is that we just, we all just need to be more kind to each other, just cognizant that, you know, all of us are under just a lot more extra stress. Teachers yes. are under more stress. Parents are under more stress. So as we interact with each other and we rub, rub shoulders with each other, I think just having that knowledge that just try to be more kind and, and considerate of each other because we're all going through something right now. Yes. And, you know, COVID-19 related. <laughs> show kindness. We just, gotta, we just gotta show a little bit more love to one another because everybody is feeling it and, you know, it's stressful on the parents, but we never thought about the children, how they feel. There you go. You know, so... Um, that's another thing. That's my other book, you know, their experiences of how they feel through this whole process, because we always talk about the COVID-19 and how we feel and the experiences of losing loved ones. And, but we never thought to ask the children. Yeah. And you can see it, you know, um, one of the situations in where, um, and this kind of goes back to a, an earlier conversation we had is, you know, like I said, just the kids are under a lot more stress. Parents are under a lot more stress. Kids are under a lot more stress. I've seen a lot more fights um, amongst young people this year with, at the schools um, than I've ever seen before in the history of education. And there was one, uh, one school in particular that's not far from our neighborhood. And, you know, I, I pay close attention to the kids around me. I have kids that go to these schools. So, you know, <laughs> and they won't always tell you everything that's happening yes. at the school. But, I, but things will come to me. I'll find out things. And I've seen all these fights online. So I'm all reaching out to the district. I'm all talking to the schools. I'm like, y'all need to make sure that you have security and that you, that, you know, this is being handled. And, you know, but you're right. It's kids are under the stress. Yeah, they, they are. Because, you know, a lot of the children um, sometimes hold their feelings and emotions in until they have a breaking point and they may uh, reach out to a teacher or a counselor or someone they find comfort in. And, and that's when the parents will know that there's something that's going on, you know? But um, we, we just have to be more compassionate when it comes to their emotions and feelings yeah. and be compassionate to each other. Mm. You said it, you said it.